Welcome to the Careers Takeoff Podcast. I'm your host, Conrad Chua. I'm incredibly excited to welcome Marco Donzelli, Global CEO of HLB Limited, to the show. HLB is a global professional services network, and they recently released the results of their annual survey of business leaders. I can't wait to learn more about what business leaders are thinking about for 2022, especially when it comes to innovation. Welcome, Marco. Thank you. Thank you, Conrad. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here with you and with our audience at, uh, at the judge today. Marco, can you tell us a bit more about this annual survey, what it covers, and why does HLB do it? For sure. So um, what we do every year, um, because it's, a, it's an annual piece, so we try to uh, understand what is the general sentiment of business leaders um, about where the, where the world, where the economy um, is going. Um, and of course, we also aim to track uh, uh, key trends um, for our society. So every year there is a team based on what we are seeing in, uh, at the beginning of the year, I would say, or at the end of the, of the previous year. And this time, actually, the theme of our survey was, uh, uh, has been innovation. Um, so um, I guess that uh, I, really, I particularly like it because it's, uh, it's, talking about, it's talking about the future. And of course, we can't be perfect and too precise with what's going to happen. But I think in terms of major trends, it's very good to capture them. And who do you poll in this survey? We poll C-level executives um, of uh, mostly um, our clients globally. Um, And uh, of course, we top it up with also uh, non-clients and other companies. Uh, mostly we're talking about the CEOs, I think roughly 40%, but also then CFOs, CIOs, chief people officers. So in principle, all C-level people. And uh, we interviewed 586 people this time across 46 countries. So it gives um, some solid basis uh, to the whole research. On the top of that, um, we also interviewed um, for uh, subject matter um, experts, uh, so with the four in-depth uh, interviews, and one of one of them, uh, one of these experts is uh, our very own Allegra Adida. For our audience, Allegra is a member of faculty here at Cambridge Judge Business School. She's done a lot of work in looking at the link between creativity and innovation. Marco. When you released this survey, were there things that you were expecting to see or were there things that you were surprised to find out when you saw the results? Several things actually confirmed um, what we originally thought. So we start from some hypotheses, of course. So the pandemic has been a reason, the major reason to innovate in 2021. Of course, uh, uh, innovation has mostly been in the uh, healthcare uh, system. You know, we, we have seen the development of vaccines uh, to happen in, in an unprecedentedly fast way. Um, now the question is, uh, um, is this going to happen also in other sectors of business? We have, we have started seeing that innovation has uh, started pay off, uh, paying off also in other sectors. And there, there, is, there have been a lot of uh, very fast uh, changes 
Um, and, you know, I think one thing that I, I saw that uh, kind of su- surprised me uh, to a certain extent, though, is that confidence is coming back. Uh, confidence in business leaders is coming back. Uh, but I would say not as much as, uh, as po- probably could be. Um, and uh, one thing that probably uh, is surprising because consider that there is a timeline for interviews and when we interviewed people, uh, it was uh, before the end of, well before the end of the year. And so the pandemic was still in a, uh, in a very difficult uh, phase for us. Then they listed, they didn't list COVID as the major risk. Uh, going forward, so to a certain extent, this should be able. This should enable us to think about a better and, and brighter future. So people will be less scared and more prone to innovation. Hence, there is why probably we see, um, let's say, um, at, even if timid, uh, an increase of confidence among business leaders. In the survey results, issues like inflation, supply chain disruption are just some examples of what CEOs and business leaders are looking at in terms of areas of concern when it comes to innovation. Can you talk more about these dark clouds on the horizon that maybe cause business leaders to pause before going full in on innovation? I would would say that uh, um, overall, it's all about the culture of companies. It's all about, uh, um, because risks are always going to be there. So, um, and I, I think the major risk is actually um, coinciding with the, uh, probably the major, uh, the major barrier to, uh, to our future. So uh, we are talking about barriers to innovation because that is, that is what uh, that is what is going to change. That is what is going to change the whole the whole picture. And I think that uh, um, in principle, um, even even if uh, um, you know, like access to innovation is uh, is a major is a major problem. So you can say that is a major risk. I think the most important thing is that the human element that is behind that, because it's it's about the human element that drives this innovation. And what I'm what I'm talking about is having bold leadership, um, setting the example, uh, allocating the right amount of time and resources. In other words, building an, an infrastructure, a culture of uh, um, of innovation. You know, like funding is is a result of uh, probably uh, is a barrier to innovation, but. Uh, it's just a result of uh, uh, like weaknesses in, in, the, in, the, in the innovation culture in many organizations. And you can see that in the fact that probably, um, you know, like only, only 55% of the, of the C-level people that we interviewed say that uh, they set some budget for innovation. So they're still looking at innovation, many people, not all of them, many people. Um, in a in a way that is not really uh, like holistic and uh, strategic, but maybe just opportunistic. I, I noticed in the survey that um, I think your the, the top business leaders like CEOs tend to be a bit more optimistic about uh, their organization's ability to innovate compared to people further down the line. And I think that speaks to what you're talking about in terms of that 
organizational culture. Maybe the picture looks a bit different uh, if you're in the middle management having to drive some of those um, innovation initiatives. What's your sense in terms of the, the way that organizations need to inculcate that uh, culture of innovation and maybe look at some of the processes or structures that impede innovation? You know, I can say that uh, it's it's a number of things together. You know, it's but it all comes with the, uh, with leadership. Um, so, I think that uh, um, if uh, if the message is not coming from the top, as a result, like the, the the actions are not coming from the top, then we can't really expect. Um, you know, we cannot really expect uh, a lot of changes. Um, and uh, uh, that is why progressive leadership and courage at that level is crucial. Well, we see that many times, probably, um, you know, leaders are, uh, uh, you know, in many cases are not at the, uh, the prime of their career, but they, maybe they, many of them got there, you know, like um, after, uh, after like seniority. Uh, and uh, um, and because of that, maybe the um, uh, risk aversion becomes higher. So um, that is why I think that uh, um, capabilities uh, play also a crucial role. Um, so both in the leadership uh, and in general uh, in the uh, in the formation of uh, of of key of key teams. Um, well, that's that's actually also in line with the let's say uh, other barriers to innovation that we're seeing, um, and uh, you know they, they all depend on the culture. But we can talk about the barriers maybe later. But uh, uh, I, I think it's all it's all very well very well connected um, to to the leadership. The survey talked a lot about the difficulties in attracting and retaining talent and how that becomes an issue in driving innovation. Can you talk more about the role that talent plays in innovation? Yes, that, that, is, a, that is a very good point. And, you know, when, again, when we talk about culture, it's um, leadership, but talent in principle, capabilities and talent is, is crucial. So, um, yes, funding innovation is important. Um, and... Uh, um, and we are seeing that uh, many organizations are being opportunistic rather than strategic. But is that probably because they don't have the right uh, the right capabilities? So it's like the chicken and the egg. So they can't plan, they can't they can't uh, make plans, they can't execute plans. Well, that's that's one major challenge. And you know we are in a period um, that is, I think, like history books will talk about this period for a long time in the future and also like business wise like uh, we're seeing this great uh, the, this great resignation right um and so there are plenty of causes uh, uh, here but this is like a major threat to organizations we're seeing it across across uh, uh, across the globe across industries across functions so uh, there are many causes like uh, pro- probably like uh, uh, the fact that there are new opportunities because of the crisis so people change job very often um because skilled people are sought after, um, because many times they are unsatisfied, dissatisfied with their jobs, um, either because of the jobs are maybe too, too, too much routine, 
uh, based uh, or because maybe the culture of the company is not the right culture for them. So we are talking here about leadership again, flexibility, uh, maybe like the diversity and inclusion uh, as well. Um, but, you know, in, in principle, I guess that uh, uh, this great resignation is a major barrier. Uh, and on the other side, diversity, uh, inclusive culture, uh, flexibility, those are enablers to attract, retain, uh, and, uh, and transform talent. Then, of course, capability itself is a barrier to innovation. So, but if you, if you don't have the culture, then it is difficult to get the capabilities, uh, um, I guess. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, definitely uh, this is the principal thing because then, again, human factor, the human factor is the, the key driver of, of innovation, not just access to technologies, but it's the human factor that drives that. And, and so, Marco, what you're saying is that uh, the very important elements for organizational innovation is the leadership, the vision that drives culture, the capabilities, and driving that that whole uh, entire organizational culture that attracts talent and allows them to uh, develop and innovate. You mentioned technology, and there are some interesting uh, findings in the survey about the different kinds of technologies that business leaders are prioritizing. Uh, would you like to share some of those findings? Well, no surprise, the two major um, technologies that were highlighted, and this is pretty much in line with previous years as well, are AI. Well, you know, I don't have to mention like all the, the, the reasons probably, but, you know, just you know, automation, uh, um, you know, uh, freeing up time for other things, cost savings and all other things. But, you know, the cloud, of course, like offers so many advantages in terms of efficiency, flexibility, strategic advantage, you know, and, and enabling collaboration uh, among organizations and people. But those are the two, uh, uh, let's say, the, the two major technologies. For AI, I'm surprised about like the, the speed, the acceleration of how companies now are looking into AI, literally everybody. Is uh, uh, is doing that, um, and uh, uh, that is really going to change the uh, the way we work and so on. But on the top of that, then there are a number of trends as well. You know, other technologies uh, that we're seeing that people are really looking into uh, the major challenges of our society with a different eye. So there is more alignment, maybe because there are also some benefits now. Um, I'm talking about renewable energies uh, and all technologies that uh, enable renewable energies uh, and sustainability uh, in principle. Sustainability is also a, a way to uh, attract to retain uh, talent. Uh, people want to work for brands who have a, a story about protecting uh, our world. Uh, they want to feel part of something of something good. So it's not just about diversity and inclusion, but it's also uh, about uh, uh, keeping our world safe. But it's not just that. It's also like clients. Clients want uh, want to work with organizations. Suppliers want to work with organizations um, that are um, that are sustainability uh, oriented. Um, and uh, uh, and I guess there is a business reason for all of us to do that, but. Uh, 
you know, regardless of what the reason is, that is that is good. It should be because it's the right thing to do, and we all know that. But definitely, the business reason, uh, the business reason helps. Marco, you did an MBA at Cambridge Judge Business School more than ten years ago now. Can you share with us your career journey? How did you get to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just let me say first that uh, the Cambridge experience was, um, you know, really instrumental to all the changes that I saw in my life. You know, first of all, uh, you know, while I was in, uh, you know, the, the reasons why I came to Cambridge, um, I um, I wanted to move uh, out from the banking uh, environment, see and explore other things. I wanted to explore other geographies, other functions. And I, differently from many people, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and uh, uh, I thought that, uh, um, let's say that apart from the brand of Cambridge, one, one key factor for me to come to Cambridge was also the fact that differently from other schools, I saw the opportunity that Cambridge wanted to give me to explore other things without having to make a decision right away of who I wanted to be in the future. And the fact that there was an entrepreneurship path and an entrepreneurship uh, uh, society at large within the judge and uh, colleges and the university in general uh, was a, was a great uh, point because you know that is that was the best way for me to explore what I wanted to do really doing things talking with real entrepreneurs uh, not being stuck in in bureaucracies. Uh, and that's what Cambridge gave me. So while I was at Cambridge, I started up, um, uh, let's say, uh, an internet business with, the, with other Cambridge friends, uh, which, you know, uh, it was quite interesting at that time. And it, it, it exposed me to many, so many different things. I learned so, so much. Then I, I kept working a little bit with entrepreneurship. Uh, and I, I still am, actually. Uh, in fact, I'm mentoring in a number of... Uh, uh, entrepreneurship programs, especially from from Cambridge, um, but then I moved into consultancy, uh, and uh, and then in 2012 um, I started working with uh, uh, HLB. Um, so first I was in charge of growth and uh, let's say change management, and then uh, became chief operating officer, and then in 2017 chief executive. But as I said earlier, I never stopped learning in this period I never stopped uh, working with Cambridge in many different ways uh, especially mentoring at the various uh, programs but now for example I have been mentoring for I think three or four years at the Master of Entrepreneurship which I really enjoy because we're talking about entrepreneurship students so the earlier the better, you know, the, the, the better feeling you get, like in the entrepreneurial journey. If you work with people that have that enthusiasm, that energy, it's really great. So I think that in the same way that I'm, I'm actually giving something to them, I'm taking a lot from them as well. Um, and uh, and I guess like during this time, I kept I kept studying like blockchain, uh, AI, took a, a non-executive director diploma at, at the Financial Times. And all these different experiences really helped uh, uh, in my journey and to, let's say, to build uh, the professional that I am today. And being aware that uh, hopefully we're just at the beginning of what I'm going to see in the future. 
Marco, I love how you make learning the central pillar in your career journey. And I just had one last question, which is, what's the main things that you had to learn as you went through the levels from driving business growth to getting to the C-suite and now to be CEO? Well, that's a, an extremely good point, Conrad. And I think going back to the Cambridge experience, I think that one key point was also diversity. Uh, working with people with different backgrounds, but not only with different mindsets. So the fact that you are in the same group with artists, engineers, and from different geographies, you can barely talk to each other at the beginning. Uh, that really... Um, helps you make big efforts to understand what's on the other side. And I think that, again, the human element, understanding uh, the people around you, um, understanding the challenges, finding the right language, solving conflicts, um, getting people together, that is really what, uh, what you need to get to a C-level position, let alone a CEO position. It can be a very tiring, uh, let's say, job because then you need to always look at uh, um, many different factors uh, and still, uh, let's say, maintaining people on the same path, maintaining good relationships and driving them forward. It's a very fine balance, very difficult balance to maintain. But the satisfaction, of course, it's a lot bigger. Some great advice there from Marco Donzelli about how you have to embrace diversity and learning as you go through the career steps. For those of you who are interested, we'll include a link to the HLB survey of business leaders in the show notes. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Conrad Chua, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Careers Takeoff podcast.